Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with episode 162 of the Ham Radio Podcast. And it's me, Carrick, with ACG. Welcome, Carrick. No guest this week. Thank we thank you so much for tuning in. We got a somewhat slow news week this time around, but for me, it's a pretty awesome one. So we hope you guys enjoy. If you want to listen on the go, we have mobile links down below. Or if you want early access to the podcast on Friday, two days before it launches on Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can flick us a buck on Patreon. It'll be linked down below as well. Flick and, a buck. Yeah, flick a buck, man. Skip flick your coffee buck. for one day, get a month worth of uh, early access podcast. That's a great deal if I've ever heard one. It is the best deal. Not only that, but you, every time you say it, it reminds me of Sally Struthers, who used to, Sunday mornings, you'd get the commercial where she'd have the kids walking in the background. She'd be yeah. like, they're starving. For just the price of a cup of coffee a day. And <laughs> there we go. she just got bigger every episode. And I was like, is she eating all the money? Or what the <laughs> fuck's happening right now? Yeah, it's it's definitely a good deal. And you're good at uploading them. Thank you. Like, yeah, you like, like right when we finish, I'm like 20 minutes after. Usually. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, I'll get done. And by the time I even get onto something social online, it's already like, Maddie's uploaded. Yep. So I, mean, I try. It. I try to make the, the Patreon worth it. Not to toot my own horn. But uh, anyway... Let's get on to what, for me, is probably the most exciting bit of news, and that is Shenmue 1 and 2 HD have received a release date. This actually came on what is called Shenmue Day. I believe Shenmue Day is, <laughs> um, like, the first Shenmue, the, its launch date. Right. Um, and so Shenmue 1 and 2 are dropping on August 21st. It's going to be on the PS4, Xbox One, um, I believe the PC as well. This is going to be a very interesting launch because we were just, just, just talking about this and how we were saying, like, dude, we liked these games back then. I loved them. I, you know, they're some of the games that really built what I loved about video games as I got older. Yeah. Um, it was like the very first discovery, the, the or the feeling of discovery, that immersion. Like, you have to when they say like you got to be there at eight o'clock. You check your watch. You're like, okay, I'm gonna wait yeah. in the spot till eight o'clock. The best part of the game yeah. was the time thing. Exactly. It's like immersion. Um, it really. It was a forward-thinking game. But then there are weird moments, weird old game moments, I guess we'll say. Like, uh, actually, it's one of the pictures on the overlay right now. It's uh, Ryu. He's uh, Ryo, sorry. He's drinking um, from the Coke machine. And yeah. it's like a clear promotion <laughs> in the game. He's like, ah, oh, tastes great like that. Like, you know, check out my Coke. <laughs> Slow motion. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I'm wondering how things like that are, are going to age how gamers are going to react to that for the first time because this is one of those titles that as it's come around you got people like myself who have played it when they were a kid and um, they rave about it but then you're going to have that new generation coming in and it'll kind of set the tone for what the expectation is in some ways with Shenmue yeah. 3 which is coming out next year and they actually as someone who's a backer they just contacted backers um, seeing what their their address was so that oh, you know they could start shipping the game out within the next year. So that's exciting stuff. But yeah, it, it's kind of setting the slate now. So what do you think about a Shenmue 1 and 2 coming out this summer? Are you excited? Do you think it's going to age well? Let's hear it. Uh, first, are they connected, Maddie? Or do you get one for 60 bucks and the other for 60 30 bucks? 30 bucks or for both. 30 bucks. So for 30 bucks, you get both titles? Correct. Oh, geez. Right, that's a good deal. That's not the deal I expected to be brutally honest mm. with today's pricing. No, I I, lo I loved them. I I do feel that they're a little creaky, but that's because I've recently played the old versions. Oh, and um, I because I have a Dreamcast, so I was playing two, which I think I had imported when it first two it came or out. one because two, two is on uh, the Xbox. Yeah, two's on the Xbox as well, but it was released in Japan or Europe oh. on the Dreamcast, and so oh. I was playing the Dreamcast version. Yeah, I did not know so, that. 
yeah, ancient, ancient. That is and ancient. So, <laughs> um, it, like, I obviously they're going to sell the fans, right? Like, we know we'll get it, but mm-hmm. I don't know how it'll necessarily go over because one of the things that makes me sort of question is this was this was really the first open it wasn't open world but it was open town right i think that would be the proper term for sort of what happened and um you got to do some crazy stuff like in the second one you're driving a forklift you're doing these side odd jobs yeah holy crap dude and those were my favorite parts but Mm -hmm. they're not unique now so they were unique back then, insanely unique back then. No other game did that shit. I mean, Christ, the time corresponded to true weather patterns for the t- the dates that the game... So if the game said it was May 1st, 1989, if they went back and actually made sure the weather from 1989 was reflected in the game. Like, there was yeah. some crazy attention to detail. But that kind of stuff, I, I just wonder, like... Because for me and you, they felt deep, right? But now you play a GTA... And it's like fucking everything under yeah, the sun can, can go be golfing. done. You know, yeah, stuff right. Like that. What was it? Golfing, tennis. Was there basketball in that one? I in don't GTA think 5? so. No, I don't think so. I'm so. gonna say added yes. on because there's been so much DLC. But from what I remember, no. no. <laughs> Purchase a basketball DLC. So I'm. I mean, I'm super excited for it. I think that price is way better than I thought. Mm-hmm. I actually was expecting thirty a piece minimum. So yeah. to me, that I mean, price point's good. I think it shows self-awareness to price it at that you look at re- yep. the the red faction remastered that we were just talking about last week that's 30 bucks for one game yep you look at activation with marvel ultimate alliance and that bundle that was 60 bucks i don't even think that went physical i think that was just a, a digital re-release. digital yeah so that was just a digital re-release so we're seeing sega realize like okay this is a highly requested port but it is also a, a cult classic in many ways it's it's got its following and it's a passionate dedicated following it's probably the primary reason they decided like okay let's do Shenmue 3 but yeah. you know it, that at that $30 price point we talked about this I think a couple of weeks ago you can get those fans who are like 30 bucks for these two games you see the good reviews from back then long oh, games all right now yes long games especially long two games. I remember two being a pretty long one it's, and the yeah. ending of two was hard I remember at least as a kid that was hard um are you fighting Lundy yeah uh, or is that his name? Did I get his name? Oh, I, think I don't it's remember. Lund- it's been, it's been so right? long. It's been yeah, so long. He kicks your ass. Yeah. I remember, right? That game is tough. I mean, but the combat, for those who need modern comparisons, let's try to toss some of those out. I'd say the Yakuza series is the first one I think of. Well, Mini it is. The, yeah. And I think Yakuza, as far as I remember, the developer even said that's what they, when the original Yakuza came out, that was their plan, right? Was to mm-hmm. mimic Shenmue. I mean, Shenmue and Yakuza, if you play them, there's, they feel like one, two, five. Like when you play Yakuza, you're like, this feels in the same world. I personally believe. I think it it completely matches up with those games. Yes, yeah, it's got that beat 'em up combat. Yeah. Um, especially Yakuza, but also Shenmue mini games. I remember um, there was that one game in Shenmue where, where you, you had to like the toys. Yes, there was one where you had to like catch the leaf. I was like part of the main story. Oh my like, god, I forgot all about that. To the time yeah. you can catch it. And I remember as a kid, I was like, what the fuck can I get this for? <laughs> my timing was so bad. There was the one where you had to like drop the ball at the top of the little uh, peg thing. machine or whatever. Yeah, something like well, that. There was just yeah. these interactive mini games that, a lot like the Yakuza series, nothing to do with the story at all. But they're just there right. for fun. They're distractions and they're enjoyable. It brings the world to life. Yeah, I think it's going to be all. I mean, it. it 
I think people, as long as they understand what date this game was made, because mm. this is what we're getting into with Remar's Turd as well. That game was a little too old to be remade and what yeah. or remastered in the way they did. And um, I think Shenmue's in that same air, like timeline. The difference being that Shenmue, other than the destruction and Remar's Turd, not much else is good. Mm. But with Shenmue, I think overall it's about living that kid's life for. I can't even remember how long the first game goes timeline. Like, is it a week or is it? Even, no, it's longer than a week. It, I think it's a while. I, I, I've like that one. That one's. I, I remember so specifically that I was like five years old. It was in my old house. We had like bunk beds, and I remember uh-huh. sitting on like the bottom bed, just in the background, as my brother sat on the floor and played Shenmue. So I, I watched the whole time. I just remember cat. like one point where he was just staying there. He checked his watch. Like I had these. With Shenmue, I just have these clips in my head, like three clips that I know when I re-experience them, when I replay the game, I'm gonna be like, "Oh wow, I yeah. remember this as a kid." But like, honestly, you're like, you, you think as I'm raving about the game, I'd remember everything, but really, I, I truthfully don't because I was like four or five at the time. There's a cat. Remember you, the kitten in the box. You yes. save the kitten. Yeah. You feed it. You can buy the. You can buy the toys in the... When I was a kid, I don't know if they sell them anymore, but there were uh, plastic capsules. You'd buy it, you'd open it, there'd be a little fucking horse inside or whatever. I know you can collect that. Yeah, I don't remember how long the the timeline goes, but I think as long as people realize what it's trying to do, which is let you live this kid's life and the story of what's going on between one and into two and then two into three, hopefully, yeah. um, I think people will be fine with it. They just have to go into it smart. You have to know what it is. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering with three how how big this game's going to be because I originally was a backer of just the digital version at the time when they first launched the Kickstarter and that was only thirty dollars. And so um, I had upped it now to the physical edition for sixty, but it makes you wonder. I wouldn't say like how much content is there, but what is there for them to sell a, a modern game, which is more expensive than development's been is more expensive than it's ever been. So selling a modern game at thirty dollars, you know, what what could you expect from something like that? Yeah, I know, I know that. I mean, graphically, there's been leaks, and people haven't been like mm-hmm. in love with the way it looks. To me, I'm I sure don't that. really care too much. Like, it's a it is a Kickstarter game. It's not you know fucking Star Citizen that you know even though it doesn't run the best can look amazing at times. It's just. It's it is just capturing nostalgia and the original creators doing it. So I think with three, the same thing will happen where you'll just have to go into it knowing. When it comes to length, you know the main thing it seems to me, if Shenmue, what if, if they keep the same gameplay overall and they don't make it GTA, they don't even make it Sleeping Dogs. They're mm-hmm. like it's a oh, it's a town dogs. again. Then if they just do a town then you're only looking at the big expense or the major expense being voice acting and since they're using Japanese voice actors for a lot of it, that might not be that expensive, okay. which means they could do a nice big town. Like, yeah. they they could do that and those mini games will be there. I bet you, dude. You know that the first thing you'll do, just like Yakuza, is go to an arcade and there'll be your Sega hang-ons and your Space Harriers and stuff and, and all that kind of thing. I think they can do it. I mean, Yakuza's pretty big. I mean, well, it's not big. It's just it's getting popular, especially with Kwame and Zero. Like I think those oh. those games really Zero. Brought, for sure. Oh man, I haven't played that one yet. Uh, Kwame one I or the first Kwame rather is the mm-hmm. one I did play that one. I adored it. I loved it. So for me, it's a matter of I'm waiting for Kwame too now. 
Yeah, if they, I hope when they sell it, when they sell three, I hope they somehow match it up with Yakuza. Like, I hope they don't. They go out of their way to sort of connect it to Yakuza. Mm-hmm. It, it, what I mean is to the fans and say, if you're a fan of the Yakuza games, then you yeah. might be a fan of this or something to sell it to new people. Because what I would like them to see is do well, so that they can look at it like Vampire. They Vampire. They know how many sales they need to be popular and also create a sequel. And they can hit the sequel number, and then yeah. you can get a real funded by fans sequel too. And absolutely. I don't mean funded by fans; I just mean not. It won't have to be kickstarted. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I would hope. We were talking a little bit about the the uniqueness of the game. We were just like, how stand out are those mechanics going to be at yeah. this point in time? What I was just thinking now is these mechanics, while they may not be stand out, will they age well with modern gamers? You know, will, will it be like that interactivity? will actually resonate well with fans because it's almost what they come to expect in games. Like, oh, I can save this cat, and then I can take this food, and I do yep. give it to them, where most games back then, you save the cat, that's it. But you can go that extra step that most games nowadays show. Do you think maybe there's a chance that it does resonate more with fans because there is that level of depth in this game that not only did we never see back then, but we see a lot of now? Yeah, I mean, it could bridge it, right? It could bridge mm-hmm. the gap. That would be the hope. The hope would be that people don't see it and go, it doesn't allow me enough. Because, mm. and you and I have talked about this, I fucking despise whenever I talk about RPGs when somebody says, well, it's not Witcher 3. I'm like, yeah, well, Witcher 3 is already out, bitch. Like, we got <laughs> new game. Like, you, what are you going to do? Are you going to play one game for the rest of your life? So mm. my hope is that people look at it, they're smart about it, and they go, I know it, it is a remake, or sorry, a sequel of an older game. They look at the Yakuza games, and they're like, those are real. They're fully published and, and priced in that accordingly. They have that funding. But this is Shenmue 3. It's more, it's more of a nostalgia kind of thing and, and a continuation of a story gamers have wanted for fucking years. I don't think people understand how big of a deal Shenmue was when it came out. It, it single-handedly kept the Saturn alive for a while. Like Shenmue, there was no other game out there on any other system that was like Shenmue. There was mm-hmm. none. And so... Um, that's my hope. I hope that people just, I hope they, I guess I just hope they market it well. Because those, dude, it, yeah, we have shitty mechanics in really good games, so I think we can get away with that. It just yeah. depends on, like, how slick the new one feels. The old ones are going to be an easier sell. It's mm-hmm. the new ones, the first time you try to go and do something, like, how does the movement feel? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I, I don't know if you remember, Shenmue's movement wasn't yeah. actually the best. Yeah, so. and I, I think, I, I'm, Personally, with three, expecting some jank, I really am. So am I. Yeah, yeah. like I, I think the expectation is that yeah, you're gonna it's gonna sometimes moving's gonna be a little like get the fuck over here, like you're moving a, a horse in Red yeah. Dead or something like that. Or Felix like or yeah. those those European games. Yeah, that we know. I, I just yeah. think it, it will have a little jank, and um, evident with my taste on games, that has never been a huge deal for someone like myself. It really hasn't. You know, you know, everyone knows I like BGS, but also Vampire. My game of the year now. I love yeah. that game, and there certainly is some jank there. Is it enough yeah. to make me hate the game? No. Am I one of those people who goes, "Oh, yeah, it's to the charm"? No. But it's just one of those things that it does not debunk the entire experience because yeah, right. I have to fight with the analog stick a little bit. I'm like, that's not perfect, right? That yeah, you know, check that off. <laughs> but uh, yes. Yeah, so for those who are interested in Shenmue One and Two, um. It is coming out August 21st this year. Spectacular price, and I don't know if August is too busy, to be honest. I don't remember off the top of my head. 
It is I a good think release that's a, yeah. I, it sounds like that's a good time to have gone with yeah. all these companies moving to 2019. It es- helps Shenmue, right? Especially with its price, because we we yeah. hit it a bunch of times. But I feel like at 30 bucks, you're not really chipping into someone's fall 2018 funds, where they're like, okay, like I can I can right. try this out, and if I don't and like two, it, I don't like it. Two games for 30, like. Let's say you're not in love with number one. I know number two has the video at the starting that's like last time on Shenmue. But yeah. just jump into two, you know? Yeah. If you, if, and you're still, for 30 bucks, it's not bad. And two has a uh, same awesome story, same awesome immersion, but uh, I'd say probably better combat. So it's like yep. one of those things where it might be- benefit fans who are like, all right, I get one, I get what it serves, I like it, but this is just too old for me. You can just go straight to two, which... Like Carrick said, you know, it was on the Dreamcast, but it was also put on the Xbox where it was built for yeah. more modern controls. So, what do you think about, um, like, what do you think about, like, this? Uh, you, it, it sounds like you may not remember this, but the story is so slow <laughs> in Shenmue 1 in particular, where it's like, you know, the stuff happens with your family, and mm. it's these long, drawn out moments where he's, like, looking at a tree, and he's like, I'm kind of just complete silence. Yeah. yeah. What do you uh, like? How do you? Th- oh shit! How do you think that's gonna sell? Like, do you think that's gonna go over, or do you think that's gonna be where people? You know, are like, based what off the, the I just think based off this is gonna be such a random comparison, but based off the one scene in uh, Star Wars: The Last Jedi where there's that 10 second moment of just raw silence uh-huh. as things happen, and ever and I remember my movie theater personally put like a notice saying. Like, warning, there is a part in this movie that is intentionally silent. No, the speakers aren't broken. Because mm-hmm. people thought, like, the, the movie was, like, For fucking sure. up. My guess is that <laughs> with this, there is going to be that awkwardness, like, at first, what the fuck's, like, why is it so quiet? There's no music. There's no <laughs> birds chirping. It's just him just, like. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be odd to see yeah. what people do. That'll be so, fun. So I think it'll be an interesting level of uh, reaction from folks. But um, like I said, it, it boils down to jank to some extent. Like that could be considered jank. And, and does that ruin the experience? No, it's almost in a, a fun, lovable way. I'd say laughable. Like, oh man, you know, this, this back then, this is what games are like back then. You know, they didn't have like the slow panning camera with ambient music as they set the scene. Like it's like, no, it, it was just like, he was fucking looking around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for it. Sam. Hopefully it does well. Yep. Anyway, on to Star Wars again. Uh, this time, is it good news? I don't know. BioWare still wants to make Star Wars games. They recently did an interview with Game Informer. Game Informer's doing month-long coverage for BioWare, focusing on Anthem. But then they popped the question, you know, balancing all these series. They, they want to do Mass Effect. They want to do Dragon Age. They want to do Star Wars. Currently... They're talking about what another Dragon Age game would look like. They're working on the Old Republic. And, of course, they're they're all hands on deck for Anthem. He said, uh, he being Casey Hudson, said that in this interview, he was pretty much saying, we want to make these Star Wars games, but we want to make a lot of games. And often enough, we find ourselves wanting to make so many games that we just accept we can't get to all of them. He says, I'm a big fan of Star Wars, though. Of course, I would love to go back to that universe or something along those lines. Um, it kind of alluded to them wanting to go beyond the Old Republic, which I think that dropped in 2011. I'm surprised that game is... Actually, I can't say I'm surprised. You know, when you really look at the situation after both Battlefront games, what Star Wars game has come out since then? And so it's like, I get why it's alive. So I I retract my statement, but I imagine they want to move on to something different at some point in time. But you think the roadmap is Anthem? 
really see how that goes because I think Anthem's just going to decide the fate of Bioware, whether it's good or bad. Um, if it's bad, I think bye bye Bioware. If it's good, uh, it saves the company, revitalizes them. Because even in this interview, he was like, right now we're really focusing on Anthem because he says, we know we need to get this right. Like, we have to get it right. Mm-hmm. Which I think is very important. Very, very important. I'm glad that they're self-aware. But what do you think about Bioware? Especially as last week we talked about they want to work on smaller games. Would a smaller Star Wars game be something that you, from Bioware that you'd be like, yeah, let's do that? Because personally, yeah. when I heard that, I thought that right away. Like, give me a nice 15 to 20 hours. I know that's not super small, but... 10-hour Star Wars experience from Bioware, something that just explores like a part of the universe with a set character, some RPG elements, and all that good stuff. Yeah, I would. I, I would much rather. It's what Ubisoft was talking about, where they want to they want to block out smaller games as well. Mm-hmm. I'd be totally, totally fucking digging it. And I'm gonna go even smaller. If they were to say, "Listen, we're gonna do," let's just make up a name. If they said, "We're gonna start Star Wars Chronicles," what that's gonna be is a series of games of different genres that tell different stories within the Star Wars universe. And one is a six-hour first-person shooter where you're a rogue and blah blah blahs happen. And then the second one's like Force Unleashed. And then mm-hmm. there's another because remember, Force Unleashed games weren't very long. First one was longer than the second one. I think the yeah. second one was only around eight hours. Second so, one, I think, was like five or six. I, I, yeah, I was actually the moment I said that, I'm like, actually, I'm pretty sure yeah. that's it's. It's, it's, it's hilarious that eight ball is a high ball, <laughs> or eight yeah, hours is a high that's ball. True. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Um, so to me, dude, I would be, I, I would fucking love it. But remember, I liked Hellblade. If you and Hellblade was short, oh, so fuck, bro. It, it, I, and to me, that is actually the. I don't think people understand the strength of those games. The reason why is because AAA has so many check marks it has to hit now. It's almost unrealistic. It's like it's got to be open world. It's got to be whether you agree with the open world or not. It does help. So you want all these check marks. But if you did a smaller game, right? If you were like, hey, listen, this is a five to six hour game. It only takes them a year to turn it around. It's not open world. And it's exploring the Star Wars universe. Flesh that shit out. Flesh out the story of one of the characters that you meet in the movies flesh out i mean imagine being what's what's the chick who looks like 1970 dodge dart wheels she's all chrome like chrome oh, uh, phasma phasma wow that's a terrible name all right so anyway <laughs> what if you did like you know i'm sure there's some narrative about her life what if you did a 6 hour game where you were her and you were becoming oh, her yeah that the right? thing is is there's a a comic I read. It was you know oh, part okay. of the hype cycle for the Last Jedi. It was like mm-hmm. giving her backstory, which the movie never covers. And I, I read it on the plane, and it's a great. It was yeah when there I was going go. to Edmonton. It was a great backstory, and I was like, go. if this were a game, it was a perfect short story. Yep. It went to nice new unique locations. It had highlights, and, and that was it. It was a good little adventure. And I thought to myself, if this was a game, like sell this thing for. 10 bucks, make it a part of your Chronicle series. Kind of sounds like almost the Battlefield 1 war stories, like, in this part of the galaxy, here's what's yeah. going on here, and then you zoom out, and over here, you know, so... Except uh, here, it can cheat, Maddie. Yes. Those games, I think you had even more of a problem than I did, if I remember right, but those games yeah. didn't really allow you to connect with that character, but the Correct. nice thing about Star Wars is you already can with the movies, so you mm-hmm. don't need as much exposition yep. as, as you would... You know, and there's a risk factor that they can take. They mm-hmm. can be like, "Hey, we're going to take a risk on an eight-hour game. It's a lot less money, and it, we Star can do Wars, some crazy so shit." Anyway. <laughs> we can polish it, maybe. Like, maybe we can 
you know, normally we would have to force it out in fall or something, but what if there's a movie coming out? We force it out in summer if there's a new movie coming out and we See, we sort of polish it up. My my question is, and we don't work at game development companies, so this is why we don't know, but I need to ask anyway. You look at what EA has done with the Star Wars license. We talked about this last week. We see how, since they acquired the license, we've had two Battlefront games. One Hollow Shell, the other one just mired by microtransactions and could have been a decent game. Yeah, for they sure. They have really destroyed gaming in Star Wars. So why aren't they taking a risk and saying, well, we are already six fucking feet deep. Let's just make this tiny Star Wars game just to go and give a flicker of hope. Like, hey, you know, we're, we're still doing things, and here's a sample of what we could do in the future. You know, maybe on a smaller scale, and imagine this bigger when, uh, we'll say, the EA Vancouver game hypothetically comes around, which I, I think is on ice now, too. Like, you know, there could be so many avenues to take so why do they after not even taking a risk getting burned why don't they just say like all right we got the license we got nothing coming out why don't we take a small risk instead of waiting what? four years for another game that could just blow up in their face again i mean, for some reason normally i would argue and just say it's because the companies are they become safer as they lose more money which is pretty typical but mm-hmm. I personally actually think you're right and that there is a very good chance that we will see more risk. The only reason I say that is because they didn't lose the IP yet, and it certainly doesn't look like they're going to. So they've got it, for sure. They've got your big open-world game that I don't know if that's even going on anymore. Then you've got Respawn, right, who said that they're working on a shooter. Um I personally, just looking at EA's size, I don't see that as being everybody. It doesn't seem like it would be everybody. So what are the other people working on? So to me, I actually agree with you and think that there's a, a probably a much higher chance for that kind of stuff, especially because I think they're stuck in a weird cycle too, Maddie. Like, remember, well, you don't because you, you weren't even born now that I think about it. But so the original Star Wars, it came out, and then a couple years later, the other one comes out, a couple years later, the other one comes out. Now it's a Star Wars movie every six months. And I think that if they look at that and go, listen, bite-sized, even though Solo didn't do well, that's because it wasn't a great movie. But if you look and you go, you know what? We could do something like this where we don't need people to wait and have unrealistic expectations for three fucking years. Mm-hmm. Instead, let's have them have realistic expectations in a year. And personally, I actually think you're right. I actually think there's a far higher chance of this happening than there ever was. But yeah. that's that's just me. I mean, there was that time where uh, this is pre-Battlefront 1 from EA, where there was that period of, like, just make Battlefront 3, please. And there yeah. was that demo that leaked from a old Xbox Live arcade game that was going to release independently. Um, I forgot what it was called. Like, Star Wars Galactic something, mm-hmm. I think. I looked at that. And I think of it now and how perfect of a time it would that be to would do be. something like that now. Like a nice, I think they, they said it was going to be like 20 bucks and just drop the game and just see how it does. Like you've already fucking dug yourself into a hole. Why yeah. not just get something out there? Not in a rush. I'm not saying hustle and once again, dig yourself deeper, but there should be that risk to get something out small because what you've put out isn't good. And in fact, in the scheme of things, I think when you bought the license in 2013, only two games to show for it, I don't think that's okay. And I say that as a very patient gamer. I don't think it's okay that you take that long um, 
there's a sense of urgency there and that urgency burned them for I'd say the first battlefront because it was very empty because right. they wanted to match up with the Force Awakens. It was the Star Wars season. Two, they took their time on, but they made bad business decisions. So it's like, what's the risk in saying, let's have Bioware separate a, a small team of like 50 people. I wouldn't say it's actually that small in the scheme of things, but in AAA, I'd say that's small. Um, and just start concepting a little Star Wars game. Just a little Star Wars adventure. Like you said, the Star Wars Chronicle. It's going to be a six-hour game. It's going to have combat like Hellblade. We're going to take inspiration from that. And it's going to be about this Jedi who... Who the fuck knows? He lost himself on Felucia or something, and he's finding his way out. I don't know. Uh, I, I just don't see why they wouldn't want to go that route. And I agree with you, as you said, or tacked on, that I think we will see more risk eventually because they have to be losing money on this license deal. Yeah, they're in a weird spot. Do you know what I would love? Imagine if they announced the Sith Arises or something, and mm-hmm. it's a Dark Souls game where you're a Sith on a planet that's like uh, you're dropped by your master, and it's a Dark Souls-style game, and you have to just escape the planet by escaping this, you know, because they drop, if you read anything about the history, they drop their apprentices in, like, the shittiest places known to man just to see what will happen, see if they can get back to them. Mm-hmm. You're on some prison planet or some fucking, you know, jungle planet, and it's a Dark Souls combat with lightsabers. The reason why I bring that up is because be awesome. of all the Dark Souls games, I always laugh whenever I see, like, I always laugh because the damage never looks right. It either looks like you can hit too many times, I just got chopped with a sword 500 times and I'm still alive, or it's too few times. But with a lightsaber, motherfucker, there's a good chance yeah. if you get hit with a lightsaber, but imagine your Sith completely changing. If, if you fight fire guys, what if your Sith, half your Sith body is burned? And at the very end of the game, like you emerge as a true Sith apprentice mm-hmm. in whatever shape um, you, you you had got through all these different enemies, like that kind of stuff. I would I could see that because dark. I'm trying to think of things that are popular. I'm open world's not That's working for that. That's a brilliant idea, though. But I would love that. Like, yeah, it's something I, like that. Would I would too. Um, I, w- I wouldn't say that'd probably be up the the cheap small route, but. No, it just feels like they're playing is, it safe yeah. when you really when you think of an idea like that. Like I, I I think of that if I'm a game dev, I hear that I go, that's we got to do that. Like we got to try that because that's a brilliant idea. Can I see EA trying a Souls type game? No, never. But th- that's the thing; they're playing it safe when you really look at it, and an idea like that can just go to waste. It's, yeah, it it's sad. It's sad because we um, also, dude, we we proved this. Lone and I, Lone and you and I all argued about it, and we were like, "Nah, it's not going to happen. They're not going to let him be evil." Lone's like, "No, man, I think this story." And it's like, "No, dude, it's not. It's it, not to be rude. It's just probably not going to happen." And we were proven right. I mean, not to ruin the the very short story for anybody, but That's like, awful. it 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 was it flipped around exactly like what we thought was going to happen. Oh, the the risk I would love them anybody to do is let me be an evil guy. Like, here's what's weird: Why is it right now that in games you can be a homicidal maniac like Trevor and it's okay, but you can't be an evil Sith? Or, well, they're all evil, but you can't be a Sith. Like, you can't. A, a lot of games won't let you be evil. They always try to turn the narrative around. Mm. I I would like to see somebody take a risk in that way, but I just yeah, I don't see EA doing it. And I don't, I, EA hasn't succeeded on their non-risk, like you said. Like, the first one, 
It was a shallow game. Second one had the makings, by the way, making sure nobody thinks otherwise, had the makings of being fucking fantastic. It had yes. everything we wanted. It's like spaceships, fucking this, fucking that. And they, there was a couple issues technically, a couple issues with gameplay, but their overall business tactics ruined it. And that's why like, I'm completely confused about where they'll go. Because I thought, you, you had brought it up, oh, will they lose the IP? And I've I didn't assume they would because there's other things that come into all of that. But at the same time, they're not using it. And it's somebody at Disney has to go, okay, seriously, guys, if you're not going to use it, like maybe they have a contract. I don't know if you've heard of this, but a lot, like a writer will get a contract that says you need to deliver two books in six years. Is there a contract hidden out there somewhere that says, listen, if you don't hit a certain number of sales or if you don't hit a certain number of titles, that IP reverts back to us. And if it does... I would love for that to happen because yeah, I think that there's a billion stories far better than the movies that could be told right now. I mean, yeah. I, but I, I also like um, the MMO a lot, the Star Wars uh, Knights of the Old Republic. And that's another thing that they won't, they won't go back to. Yeah, and I get that because the, the only issue I really have with the Old Republic is like when Bioware responded to the KOTOR questions, like, why not just do three? They were just like, well, this is KOTOR three through seven. I'm like, no, like, no, it's not. No, it's not at all. It's uh, like Fallout 76 being Fallout yeah. 5. Yeah, exactly. They're like, well, it's this not. is a new Fallout. It's like it's not Fallout 5. It's not like I was, honestly, I'm not going to go off track here, but it wasn't like I was expecting Fallout 5 or a new Fallout game at all. Yeah, right. Um, but anyway, yeah. You just it, don't want the lie. Yeah, exactly. Like that's Yeah, it's like if, if you want, you know, if you if you want to piss on me and call it rain, that's one thing. <laughs> you piss on me. Just don't call it rain, right? Don't yeah. lie at the same time because that makes it worse. It, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it does. It's just a shame, man. Because I would love to see some of these, man. God. Yeah. Well, and we'll get into this a little bit, but you know, I've been playing uh, Star Wars Empire at War, and I've just been enjoying it. And there was just this time period from, I'd say, probably like 2002 to 08. That was just the golden age of Star Wars games. Yep. It was like the best time in the game for Star Wars fans. You know, you had the original Battlefront. You had KOTOR. Yes, Republic Commando. You had the Empire at War game. I mean, and these are all vastly different games. You had a gritty first-person shooter. You had a fun kind of arcadey battleground thing that brought the forces to life. Yes, Force Unleashed where you're this powerful badass. KOTOR where you can go either good or bad in a completely new take on Star Wars. Yep. And then Empire at War, which is an RTS. Like... When EA first got the license, I know it's crazy to say now, but at the time, I wasn't super concerned, admittedly, because I was just like, well, they got a lot of money, they have a lot of studios, I thought of Visceral, I thought of Bioware when Bioware wasn't like, this is pre-Inquisition, so I didn't think they were as bad as I did now. Like I said, a lot of this is going to sound crazy to say now, but back then, I was like, alright, there is a chance, and especially with DICE, once again, pre-Battlefront 1, I was like, oh fuck, Like DICE can make this visceral could make like a death troopers game like it, it seemed like the picture was painted in my head instantly i was like okay i don't like ea that much but this makes sense and then yeah. once it all happens it all falls into place what's there to show we might have to think of games mobily like uh yeah i think it's called galaxy of heroes or something yeah, like that it is yeah i i know that's really popular and i've played yeah. that that is a solid mobile game but not anything to, like write home about you know it is weird too. Now that you've got me thinking about all these titles, it is weird 
they have they must have a horrendous problem internally. And mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I bring that up is because we had a we had a failure in Star Wars Battlefront One to really take off, and we had a we had a, the attempt on two and a ton of money poured into it. But we've had at least four other Star Wars games canceled. To me, canceled not only that, but huge names involved and huge studios. Something, some, man, like, you know how we talked about Sony? Sony knows how to make an IP and polish it. Like they do. They have a good polishing process. It's like, it looks like a a rock, and then they put it in their game polisher, and it's got a war. Microsoft doesn't have that. They have State of Decay. It looks like State of Decay, and guess what? It's State of Decay. Like, there isn't, they don't have the greatest polishing uh, system in place. It seems like EA has a very big problem getting their shit in line like and and so the tried and true shit they can do but anything outside the ordinary they're losing like they're just losing it they don't seem to have any understanding it's almost like their middle managers are really bad or something and i'm not dissing on anybody i'm just saying yeah if you look at how many games have been canceled it's pretty fucking crazy it's like it's embarrassing it's pretty high I, I wonder too. We we often, myself included, point the finger at EA, and it's still on them. But we were talking about carefully worded contracts, secret ones yeah. in place that we don't know. And you wonder if just bi- Disney made a bad di- business deal. You know, yeah, did they, they just have, right? fuck up? And then EA had this carefully worded contract that allows them to continue to hold on to it and just gradually chip away at games where Disney might want out. It's like you know, is that something worth considering? Maybe, but I feel like when you make a 10-year deal, that's a pretty big commitment to give your IP to one developer. There must have been a good business relationship prior. And understanding Disney's the one that canceled their biggest game and destroyed the entire studio, which was Disney Infinity. Mm-hmm. So I know you weren't as big of a fan as I was. I'm a fan of like, I had the Skylanders. And I had a chance to play it. Oh, okay. Um so huge open world games, you could make your own games and all this kind of stuff. Mm. And at the time we're doing okay, they fucked up on one place, which was they it cost too much to print the figures, and so they lost money. But when you look at it, what Disney did, Disney and EA might be the worst partnership in the world because EA just fucking fired everybody. Or I'm sorry, Disney. Because I was actually taught, I, I had multiple contacts there, and th- no one knew. It was like everything was fine, and then boom, Disney just looked and was like, we're we're just nuking the entire game, you know, development that we have, and then they output it to EA. And might maybe Disney doesn't know how to cultivate that either, because you can't assume Disney doesn't have some say in it, mm-hmm. right? Like Disney's got to be needling EA and say you can't have this character do this because we're yeah. going to do this in the next. So maybe that's another, you know, maybe the difficulty also maybe EA is hamstrung a tiny bit on what like we already know they're hamstrung on IP because they're not allowed to cover anything prior. To the original Star Wars movies, that's they've been yes. very clear. They said that the IP does not allow for that. So mm-hmm. maybe they're both hamstrung. Maybe it's just the most terrible fucking IP deal yeah, in the you universe. Can look at Marvel is a great example. I think only recently they they got on track with picking the right partners for their games. Yeah. We don't know how the Square Enix want to work out, but that seems like an interesting fit. We don't know how yet, but we've heard amazing things with Insomniac and Spider Man working out. Right. Um, you know, we, we look at those partnerships um, and they're just picking, they have the vision in mind and they wait patiently for the right developer. Yeah. You don't, I don't think you saw that wait and see approach with Disney where Star Wars, I know they think it's Star Wars, it's going to sell a fuck ton, and that's true. 
but it could sell beyond their wildest dreams if they did take that approach of like I said earlier, like, okay, maybe we could have EA and DICE make this Battlefront game, but then over here, Rocksteady, they have a really good combat system. Maybe we could have them make a lightsaber, um, trying to think of like a good, like an Anakin Skywalker, just off the top of my head, styled game, um, set in, we'll say, I can't come up with something right now, but point being is like, pick them developer by developer, scenario by scenario, yeah. Like you said, the the Dark Souls developer. Let's have like a Sith game set on Mustafar. Um, paint this whole scenario and give it to them. It's like FromSoft could do something with the Star Wars license easily. It's like, what is the hesitation to do that? Yeah, why yeah. lock and yourself there is into one for sure? Why lock yourself into one single developer and studio, uh, or one branch of studios under a single company instead of just? Let's just hand out this license to people we think can do the right thing by it. A Telltale Star Wars game. You know, I, I just... Especially with how the movies are treated. It's like there's this different approach to it. Like, we see spin-off movies. We see mainline movies. Right. And the spin-offs are, are carefully... Even though, like you said, like, Solo didn't review well. The spin-offs are carefully selected. Yeah. But the games are sure. like, here's the fucking license, EA. Have fun for a decade. Like, a decade, like I said, that's a huge commitment. I can't help but think, like, yes, EA has done wrong on the license when they got a hold of it but i think disney also made a horrible commitment initially time frame wise and also um just company wise like if i'm them five years that's enough time to make a game or two depending on how many studios they they start work on right away yeah it's like all right we'll see what you do in five years if it doesn't work out we're out but if it works out we'll extend this yeah, it, and what's weird is this history is sort of repeating itself um, yes. in a, in a more, much larger section, but like a Games Workshop who does Warhammer 40,000, they used to control exactly what they did. Then they opened it to a ton of people and never checked, and we had terrible games. Mm. Then it closed off again, and now in the last like five years, we've seen them reach out, and instead of just throwing the IP, they look and they sort of, and not all the games have been good, but it's another massive IP where somebody's sort of going like, mm, we want you to have it, but maybe it should be there. like there's some control. It does seem like Disney did just say, blah, blah, blah. You know, it reminds me, though, of the opposite end of the spectrum. Your favorite company in the world, Activision, bought Bungie <laughs> and said, we want 10 years. And not to be rude, those 10 years haven't been great. Uh, I completely agree. Imagine if I was the guy who made the Activision deal. I don't care if Dis- Destiny's doing great. It's doing nothing compared to what it could nothing compared they were the halo creators and we got destiny and you can like destiny i'm just saying come on right it could be like, i think it's a, understandably so it could be better yeah yeah by a good amount so yeah, yeah it's it, i think uh it'll be interesting in five years if some of these people leave their companies mm. and we can ask them and go like what what really happened you know oh like, yeah did you hear the guy from sony admit to the crossplay thing like a short aside, but crossplay for Sony and Microsoft isn't, you know, nobody's doing it mm-hmm. and they can't get that crossplay. And an ex um, CEO of Sony put on Twitter and said, Listen, when we tried to push it, the one thing that always came back is the plain and simple fact is Sony did not want anybody, they wanted money. They do not want you to be able to play that game. And it was nice to be able to have somebody who was high up in a company. Who, Probably who was no boys, longer, right? Or something like that. It was not. It oh. was not. They're not even involved in the game industry anymore. Wow. 
Yeah, it was not Adam, which I would assume Adam or Jack. Jack Trenton's very open about some of the things he hated about working mm. for Sony, so I would assume it was them, but it was neither one. It was, And he was very high up, and he was like, listen, they just basically said, we don't want you to be able to play on the Xbox because why would we want you to? We want you to have to play on the PS4. I, w- I can't wait until five years when some of these CEOs leave right, five, ten years, and we hear what actually happened. Because there's some weird stories, obviously, going oh, on. Yeah. There's something occurring. Absolutely. I mean, Amy Henning's story is weird enough on its own. I know, right? Like, that was such an under-the-radar thing that happened. Like, I thought that would be massive news, and no one's talked about it. I don't know if no one's surprised anymore, but I was like, this is huge. This is like a big name that came out yeah. on the E3 stage, started talking about like the future of Star Wars, and now she's gone. And they didn't even tell anybody. They didn't even allow. Even she finally said, I just finally am talking about it because they haven't communicated any of this. And you're like, what the mm-hmm. fuck? It's a major company. They can't put out like a PR release. It takes five minutes to write a PR release and say, we wish Amy Henney luck. It they didn't did, work out. but it was in response to, I think, like an email where someone contacted yeah. them. They were like, yeah, yeah we, it was in response. Love what Amy did, and <laughs> she's great, and yada, yada, yada. I'm like, bullshit. <laughs> yeah, weird. Yeah, well... The Star Wars train rolls on, and now we go over to Bethesda, specifically Bethesda Game Studios. GameReactor.eu did a interview with Todd Howard. I mean, that's, dude, the amount of interviews this man's been doing lately, it's actually I saw your tweet. <laughs> impossible to keep up with. Like I said, I remember with Fallout 4, and granted, the excitement, I think, for Fallout 4 was way higher than 76, but it felt like forever in between times Todd Howard did interviews, and now yeah. it's like every day there is a new piece of info where like the the shock factor the excitement factor is actually like going away like you can tell just by viewer reception across all bethesda channels and stuff like people aren't like explosively like oh my god a todd howard interview like it's like you're right another todd interview you know it's he's getting more out there it's a a change for bethesda that they're kind of showing off and i think it's good because it's keeping fans we talked about this like satiated almost yep we're like all right more todd info um, but anyway, this information is that Bethesda Game Studios has more plans to bring games to the Nintendo Switch. He was talking about how their experience with Skyrim on the Switch and working with Nintendo for the first time closely was really, really great. And they said that um, they plan on bringing more to the console. They have stuff in the works, but it is not the mainline Fallout 4. So we have this is this is post Fallout Shelter on the Switch, by the way. So we have something coming to the Switch from Bethesda Game Studios. What do you think it is? My first thought, probably Elder Scrolls Blades. Um, but outside of that, I, I really was like at a loss because I'm thinking BGS games, anything current, if they're not doing Fallout 4, then you got to go back to 3. Do you know what Oblivion. I think it is, dude? I think it's Dishonored. Oh, but this is Bethesda Game Studios. That's the thing. Todd oh, Howard. right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like I, Dishonored though, that's a great idea, and I think that would be a great fit with its art style and everything. And and it's, you know, I don't know if you remember, but there weren't a lot of places in the Dishonored games. I didn't get to play the DLC, which I know you liked, but um, where there were huge long view distances. Um, but now that I got to play L.A. Noir and it looked really good on the Switch, mm-hmm. and we got to and we heard that Wolfenstein Two looks good on the Switch. It did I played well. it last night actually. It was Sky, uh, and it was, it was good, good looking. It was good looking, but there was like. A blurriness, a fuzziness at times. It was there was with Doom muddy, too. almost. Or yeah, it was weird. Or with Doom. Um, so we see that it can do some stuff. And I'm going to be honest, man. Smooth as butter is is Skyrim on the Switch. So Absolutely. to me, 
I would love to see a Dishonored or something, but what you're saying, yeah, is that it's it's those aren't it's not even the right studio. So I don't know. Like yeah. I I mean, what could it be? It could be I mean, what could it be? If you remove Fallout 4, what actually can it be? It could be a remake of like a Morrowind, which I would oh. I would fucking if they said like Morrowind remastered a Switch exclusive, I'm pretty sure other than pissing off half the universe, there would be a lot of people lining up for a Switch. But yeah. what other games are even what other games are even available for this to be? That's the thing. It's like you got to go back. It's three Oblivion, Morrowind. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I doubt they go back to Daggerfall or something like that. Or Arena. yeah, no, no, I, no. I think that's a very, very, very slim chance. Oblivion. Obli- oh, did you, you might yeah, have said Oblivion? I said Oblivion. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um. Um. Yeah. That's like. Hmm. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Is I'm always a little confused. Because they're the company that'll say they're working with somebody, and then and you get excited, and I get excited because we think it's big working, but it's the little case working where it's yeah. like a mobile game. So that's why I think like maybe Elder Scrolls Blades I think would be yeah, a right. a safe assumption because they like E3 night. I remember they were like, yeah, shelters available on the Switch tonight. Kind of acted like it was a big deal, even though it wasn't. So it could be one of those cases here. Where yeah. it's like, yeah, we're working with Nintendo, and in the back of his head, he's like, it's Blades. It's really like, yeah, we like Blades, but is that like a, oh shit, Elder Scrolls Blades? Like, no, probably not. The thing with Fallout Shelter coming to consoles, PC, Switch, I just, that was one of the most <laughs> unexciting things to me because I thought to myself, it worked so well on the phone. It worked. It, it it's best on the phone. It's that kind of game. It's it's like yeah, the mechanics don't change when you go on PC or when you go on PS4. Exactly. Or on your Switch, you still have to like come in for like five minutes and then shut it off. Yeah. So it's like, why? Like, was there excitement around this? That's why you don't want to think like, oh, it's Blades because Blades is definitely going to have those same time based mechanics built in, right. where it's like, at least if it's like Shelter at launch, Shelter, you could play for hours and hours and hours on end and just keep going at it. And, and like, just when you finished, like, tapping all your rooms and checking on everything, like, a timer was up for something else where you were ready to go do something else, and it just kept going. But I just feel like as Shelter evolved, they added the quantum, they added questing, which increased that timing, that wait that you had to go on until you could actually progress in the game. I feel like Blades is going to fall into that. So what I'm getting at is if you put that on the Switch, like, that's not really a, a exciting Switch game, I guess. Just, what about what? What if they said? I mean, to me, if they, yeah, they'll never do it. Nothing. I was gonna say remaster like Fallout Three and New Vegas as a package. There was like rumors Shin for a while about Fallout there Three was. remaster, and they completely quieted it down. Um, they did. They died because even I did a, a not a video, but I talked about it in a podcast because there was a lot of rumors. There's mm-hmm. people going in. Remember, you and I were in the Discord. There was even people going in and looking at like Steam packs and going like, "What's changing?" Yeah, we were digging we right through know. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Dude, I, that's the thing. It's like a Fallout 3 remaster. It made sense this year. It really did because this was the 10-year anniversary. Not that it will change how much money it makes next year, but this year there was that like, oh, fuck, like rumors, and it's the 10-year anniversary. And Bethesda comes out on stage. We know this is the anniversary. This year's the anniversary of a very special Fallout game. I'm like, oh, yeah. fuck, yeah. He's about to talk about 3, and he's like, yeah, Shelter. It's his 3-year birthday. I'm like, that's straight out of a fucking joke. Like, that's no way he did that. So I I feel like 3 is wishful thinking, but so is Oblivion. And Morrowind, I mean, man, I would love to see Morrowind come back. 
I would love that so much. Um, I, it would I just be don't so. Think it would happen though. I don't think so either. But like if Fallout Three, I do think that if uh, I do think Fallout Three would run on the Switch most likely because we yeah. do see Skyrim. You'd you know, so. I, yeah. <laughs> and if Four, I know I argue with everybody because I for some reason think it could, but I I get why people don't think it could. But it's if like they optimization, said, right? Like it's just yeah, a lot going it, on. Or it was like a that. lot going on. Yeah, and it wasn't the greatest. I don't know if you remember. No, but on it the wasn't. See, like it was. Even on the PC with a good graphics card when it first came out, you're like, hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, the thing is with them is like there's not a lot of options. And the options that do pop up, you look at them and go, I don't, why would he even talk? Not that he can't talk about them, but it isn't the surprise we were hoping. It's like fake hype almost. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, like there's nothing to get hyped about here. Ridge Racer 6, be excited or whatever yeah. the fuck game, Ridge <laughs> Racer game that was. Hey, Ridge Racer 4 had a, a great soundtrack. <laughs> love that soundtrack I actually like I've never even touched the game but I found the soundtrack and I was like fuck this is great and I like used it in the background a couple of videos it's great stuff anyway now is the time for patron questions so pretty much for those of you who are patron donors I tag you all in a post on the discord you fire away with your questions and Carrick and I sit here and we're going to answer them we're just going to go right down the list we're going to name drop so Fat Ragnar says do you think that the 8th generation of consoles has held gaming back? The console came out underpowered right out of the gate, and even though we saw, and even though we got new iterations of those systems, developers still have to develop for the original PS4 and Xbox One, not fully utilizing the X and Pro. Also, to me, nothing has come out that screams, this is next gen. So, I want to start off with the end of his statement, personally. Has anything come out that you've been like, this is it, this is next gen, this is why I bought a PS4? For me, that first moment was Bloodborne. I was like, yes. Gameplay-wise, probably Bloodborne. I can see people saying that, but I think that graphically, I would have to argue with him and say that when you look at Killzone 2 on its release, or kill uh, the one that released with the PS4. Shadowfall, that, yes. Shadowfall, thank you. That did some things that were quite patentedly impressive even to this day when you Digital Foundries broke it down. There mm. were some really impressive things. So just his last part of his answer, I would say that there have been games where I've been like, this is this is actually next now you you know more about tech than i do that's no secret um do you think that this console generation's been held back by these systems do you think we should wait a little bit longer and release something more powerful does he say console he uh, says do you think do you think the eighth generation of consoles has held gaming back oh okay so not that they've held g console gaming back but all gaming absolutely not and there's a reason why because you don't see games that are PC only suddenly magically being ten times better than a game that is just for all of the systems. Yeah. So if we saw, let's say, some developer pop up and they're like, we're making a game just for the PC and it's not Star Citizen that's going to take 18 years. But it's like a game that's actually going to come out. And we're all, magic! We don't see that. And there's a very particular reason why. And that is the fact that we haven't seen huge jumps even in normal processors uh, you know we've seen some improvements for sure AMD's doing some great work but no at that time I think that those were pretty good PS4 in particular they did some work on that but yeah I wouldn't say that I feel like gaming's been held back because there's a number of developers that I know that are PC only who are held back by PC yeah. and they're not doing crazy stuff I mean you can buy out of it but if you look back when those were released no I don't I don't feel so no and I, I didn't think so either I, I think what happens is a lot of the new power that came with these consoles, while he says they were underpowered, I think that 
it's the little things in the game that end up being where that extra power goes to. It's I yeah. don't think it's quite enough to to blow the roof off and make that leap of PS1 to PS2 kind of stuff, but right. it is a, a big enough leap where we'll see, you know, when you're exploring in Vampire, you know, you'll see like the mist across the street yeah. constantly. It's little things like that that add to the world rather than like actual content like this map has become this map. It's huge. Um right roughly in the scheme of open worlds, I feel like I've played games on the 360 and PS3 that are about the same size as ones on the Xbox One and PS4, but you're not going to see a world as beautiful and detailed like Horizon Zero Dawn on those consoles. Wow, it's a good... Yeah, and Frozen Wilds, which I don't think you got a chance to check out yet. Frozen Wilds levels the fuck up. Mm. It's like Horizon Zero Dawn's first level D&D character. And suddenly they're 10th level when you play Frozen. <laughs> I'm not lying, dude. No. Deformable snow. <laughs> it's it's, it, but it's funny. Like, you start playing it, you're like, the fuck? Like, they made a huge jump. So I can see why people be upset because instead of a six-year rotation, we got eight years, which means you're offset on your what you can put in your system. It's not, it's not, it wasn't in line anymore with mm-hmm. the increases. And so I totally see why somebody is bothered by it. But when you look at it, and even the PC developers I talk to, do you know what their number one complaint is? <laughs> it has nothing to do with consoles. It has to do with multiple PC configurations. Like, it's a disaster yeah. right now. It's a disaster. I mean, there's, they are legitimately frightened. They're like, dude, there's mm-hmm. eight people will flay us, but there's 8,000 motherboards. <laughs> and, like, yeah. one motherboard has some problem we're not aware of. We try to do something. And- exactly. I mean, and yeah, that's where it boils down to this. Uh, game development's tough. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, you know, sure. not that not that he's saying that. It's just it's you know just because the tech gets better and there's more to work with doesn't mean that the development gets easier and that all their problems are solved. It's still a very arduous, grinding task to complete a game. And I have a question for you, so, man. Yes, go for it. Did you beat or play Moon Crash yet? The Prey DLC. No, that is one I wanted to play though. So Moon Crash does something finally good with procedural generation mm-hmm. and i i do think that people don't realize how much money it costs to make shit in a game like make a box or make yeah. you know and and put it in perfect places that game um it changes the entire level each time you play it some doors will be locked that weren't locked i mean it's pretty fucking insane wow. and i think that that's where we see the increases is the ability to pre pre-generate stuff no, get those like things roguelite for triple a right Yes, it is. I mean, it's Skill Up did a review, and I'm going to be honest, I just didn't get a chance to play it. And then he did a review, and it was a well done review. And I was just watching it, going, "Fuck, he sold me on, you know, on playing it." And so I spent a couple hours playing it, mm-hmm. and now I get why people are like, "Dude, it might be the best game of 2018." Like, wow. I'm not lying. It's dude, it's insane. It, it's insane. Like, it is not like Prey. When you play it, you'll be like, "You, it is Prey." But at the same time, they have changed so much, and there's so much shit going on. Is there a on. story? Yeah, and it's not only a good story, it's wow. an amazing story. Like, you have to get the six survivors out, but to get them out, you have to. there's ways to escape the moon. And, and each time you get a survivor out, that means of escape is gone. Hmm. So now you have to f- use one of the others until finally you're at your last hero and the last means of escape. And sometimes you'll have to, like, upgrade something by using your mechanic because there's classes the the like engineer mechanic over here to fix something so that the other pilot character can actually go there and fly away in that 
where the engineer guy can't fly away in that. He has to go over here, and you, it's, it's a phenomenal DLC, and I think that's where we're seeing power. Long story short, was that in like okay. procedural generation and being able to build out a game and sort of say these are where the things go and make them look real, like you said, graphically mending things together better because mm. fog does a great job for that you don't see like my pop and then your face you see my pop and then fog and your face through the fog yeah. you know what i mean and that's a pretty big graphical hit all by itself fog yes. is huge absolutely so. it's little things that's why in games like when you walk up to a mirror often enough you don't see yourself in the mirror <laughs> rear view mirrors in the yeah. crew too not yeah. exist there you not go there <laughs> yeah there you it's go true. it's true um Alex3494, 76 beta in August or September or what? And you think it'll be sessions with intervals or basically early access? So how do you think the beta is going to go? We know Dude, Todd no said clue. that uh, they're going to do it in separate intervals, so we, we know that. Um, Explain to me what that means, Manny. Like he said we're doing it in stages, and hopefully at the last beta is the full game. So they're oh, going to okay. basically like, here's this vertical slice. Now here's this same slice with a little bit more on top, like your your pizza okay. with pepperoni, and then here's the mother load, the full game. Okay. And I, I like that personally. Yeah. It's just that my, my thing's always been we forget this game comes out in just over four months. So I just feel you know, once again I just said game development's tough. I feel the longer they wait, you don't want to rush out the beta because it could just fuck up anyone oh, who yeah. wanted you to wanted to play it. Yeah. But you also want to get it out in time where you can properly test, get the answers you need, and fix them. Mm-hmm. It's like they have a clash of philosophy. We want to announce the game and release it in a short period of time, but with an online game like this, that I already know it's going to be balancing. I already know it. I'll be shocked if this game is balanced and that there isn't griefing and that there isn't these issues that pop up. I will, I've said it for a while. I will be genuinely stunned. I'm not trying to be a pessimist, but... It's just what like game hasn't right? yeah, exactly what game hasn't it, and it's fine. Oh. It's just like that's why they need to on delay with this, uh, yeah, with with this this beta because they they need answers. I think and I think Fallout Four showed that and their constant bugs have showed that internal testing does not fix all their issues. They need no. to have people across the the globe testing their game. So that's the exciting premise of it. Part of it's yes, I am excited to try it out, but also. I think that they need need to do it. As for a date, um, I feel they're announcing it this month. They're definitely going to announce it in July. I think it will be in August, though. I just you, I so you think they're going to tell us now and then, yeah, or, or or soon, and then um, say it's for next month. I know someone sent me a tweet from Pete Hines, and he said like when you when we announce a beta, like you'll he said you'll know well in advance. So oh, well in advance, really? Means, like, you got a good couple of weeks, I'd say, to prepare. Very much so. Yeah. So I, you know, I'd imagine in a week or two we'll probably hear something about the beta. Um, but there's also QuakeCon at the beginning of of August, and I think to myself that uh, I was reading on the site, and they were like, you know, catch up on the latest for all Bethesda's games. So I wonder, are they just going to wait till then and announce the beta? Because that that QuakeCon is becoming like another E3 for Bethesda. They have E3, mm-hmm. Gamescom, QuakeCon. And right. a lot of these companies like to divvy up the information dumps so that they don't just blow their load nice and early and yeah. And then for the next month it's just dry season as a lot of people who run channels like mine like to call it. Um so I think we'll probably hear something about the beta this month and then August we'll see it and we'll probably get more info from Todd Howard 
at QuakeCon, and it'll it'll keep that train rolling. And then September we'll get like another trailer. It seems kind of set up to just keep coasting along if they follow that roadmap. Because with games, yeah. I mean, they're coming out like every day. Uh, there's so much news. Um, even on a slow week, we're still going on and on about these games. So you just, I just think to myself, like, you know, this, they're, they have to keep the game relevant. Even if it's Fallout, they have to keep it relevant and they have to keep talking about it. And so that's why I guess these interviews are popping up so much. Um, and I think that's why they'll announce it this month and talk about it or do it next. I mean, do you have any, do you have any idea? Like based on Dude, I've, I've stopped, I've stopped guessing. Mm. I have no clue. I have no clue, dude. You're, I just watch your videos on okay. Bethesda stuff. I'm That's not fine. lying. Like, if you do a video, I'm just like, I'll watch Maddie's stuff because I'm so confused by what Bethesda's done. Like, it's like we've they announced the stuff way out, but they don't show the stuff from four months. You know what I mean? Like, I would have much rather had Fallout 76 have a bigger E3 footprint. A yeah. big E3 footprint. I agree. And so, to me, I'm so confused. Like, I rarely, I can sort of look at a company and go, oh, you know, I can take some guesses on what they're doing. I have no fucking clue. Like you said, with Todd Howard saying, we're working with Nintendo. You're like, well, yeah, but what does that really mean? Like, mm-hmm. it, it's it's so confusing right now that what I did was I got my beta code, I entered it, and then I just ignored it. I'm like, all right, they'll yep. they'll contact me when they want exactly. me to go look at Exactly, yep. Uh, I feel I'm, you. If I, I was not a Bethesda know. channel, I'd be doing the same thing. Trust me. Yeah, I'm just I'm confused as fuck mm-hmm. when it comes to them. Uh, X Toft X says, "I have one thoughts on Kingdom Come Deliverance's DLC and how Warhorse Studios has handled the post-launch support of the game, as well as what do you expect to see from them next as developers?" So I actually visited the people at Warhorse um, during E3. It was awesome to meet them in person, as I, I created a lot of videos. Did you get about to meet Rick? Game. Yes, I did. Rick is did you? amazing oh, in person. Yeah, he, yeah, dude, he's awesome. That's I love fucking him. so cool. I'm jealous yeah. of that. He is awesome in person. The the passion is real. Um, yeah. We've had him on the podcast. That excitement was not like fake for fans. You know, even when we're coming in there, this is four months after the game had launched at this point in time, and he was still jazzed to talk about it. So he loves what he does. Um, we sat down. I looked at the. Um, the survival mode DLC, which is free. The Ashes or whatever. Ashes? Um, and then there's From the Ashes, yes, which is oh, this new... Um, I don't want to call it settlement mode, because it's not. You pretty much... It's good for the end game, but it's also built off the story. So there's a certain point in the storyline, which I won't spoil what happens, but pretty much there is this town that's left for... It's just done. And yeah. now it's tied in the story where you go back and you become the bailiff, and you're able to build this place on the ground up and start assigning people to jobs. And it's a lot more in-depth. Warhorse was fantastic with Kingdom Come, Kingdom Come Deliverance with delivering attention to detail in certain areas. And uh, this one in specific, oh my gosh, it, it actually like blows you away when you see like the journal and you're going through like people's names and who owes what money, what's your net profit. Like It goes that deep. It's awesome. Um, because you can set up either like a bakery or a uh, something else, I think. I want to say like an armor shop or something. And there's certain benefits to it. If you have a bakery, if you're playing survival mode, then having that bakery there, a constant source of food, that'll help you in your adventures. But you can also have that reliable, this source will always be here for um, new armor, new weapons. So I liked what I saw there, especially for the type of game it is. I know that um, that kind of, uh, what's the name of the DLC from Skyrim? Hearth Fire? Hearthstone? Oh, Hearth Fire. Hearth Fire, yeah. I always fucked that up, yeah. 
so do Hardfire. I. <laughs> um, I know that, that some people don't like that DLC because it feels tacked on. It's just like reusing assets and letting players build with them. But I think in Kingdom Come Deliverance, it it adds a a, a form of purpose. Um, it ties into the story well, and um, on top of that, I think that. I just I, I like what they did with it because I don't think it was a lot of money either. And I, I think with the Groshans the Groshans that you have at the end of the game, you have an absurd amount. You have an insane amount that you don't spend nearly enough of. And so once you beat the game, it's like, alright, I can just put this into my new settlement thing and build to my heart's content. And I like that. So for me overall, I liked it. Only issue I have is I think they waited too long. It's a big reason why I haven't made much KCD content. They just there's other stuff to talk about now. Like, KCD had its time. They had to wait to see if the game succeeded. Then they made DLC. And they did it really for what it is and how great it is. They did it in a very quick amount of time. We talked about, you know, getting out in time. But I just feel like um, the roadmap, they took too long to get that out, where a lot of gamers have moved on. What about you, though? Did you have a chance to play it, check it out? I, I, I don't. Um, I'll just say that, so I agree, I wasn't thinking along the lines of timing. So mm. I'm, I'm restructuring my thought process. But I, I will go so far as to say, you know, they fixed a lot of the bugs that I had an issue with. It's one of the few games I've wanted to go re-review because I think my review would probably change now, most mm. likely, with the fixes. But I personally believe, looking at their roadmap and looking what their plans are, it might be one of the best DLC plans ever for a company. And the reason why I say that is because if you go and look at what they're doing, and especially the posts they made on Twitter, where they were like, picture, 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 this is this is this game, this is when this game, this is this DLC, blah, blah, blah. I personally just feel like they were really transparent about it, which is awesome. Yeah. And they were like, this is what we're doing. And so to me, I feel that it's one of the best supported or planned to be supported single player games ever. There's not a lot of single-player games that are that well-supported. I had forgot the timing thing, and I would agree that maybe it would have been better two, three months ago. But I, but that aside, I do feel that it might be the best DLC package I've ever seen. Because when I was reading, like, I got it, I think you did too, we got texts. It's like, yeah. okay, here's the DLC plan. And I read that email, and I'm like, the fuck? That's a highly aggressive DLC plan for a single-player game. Most, not to be rude, but most companies, other than Bethesda in the past with Shivering Isles, most Very companies true. do most companies do not support their single-player game to that fucking insane yeah, magnitude. Yeah, until through 2019. Yeah, yeah. So to me, I'm very happy with it, but since I haven't put hands on it, I can't say that it's worth it. I can just say looking mm -hmm. at it and what they have planned and what I hear, they, they're nailing it from what I hear. So It looks that way. Yeah, and um, I'm excited to see more of the story DLC. That's me, what I'm. Me too. That's what I'm waiting for, and when I'm going to go back, hopefully. But I just hope they don't release at a really competitive time where I might end up just like I said. You know, I talked about timing, and once again, it might be one of those situations where, like, I love KCD. You know, it had its flaws; it got in the way of itself at times mechanically, but it was a a game with a lot of heart, and I enjoyed it for what it was. But um, you know, its time came and went for me, and yeah. you know, I'm ready. I'm I'm good to go back in, but I need that. DLC to pull me back. I hope they cover it with PR too, Maddie, because like mm. if you look at Moon Crash, they didn't other than E3, they didn't really push it a lot, so a lot of friends that I know didn't know it was out until other people in Discord were like, yeah. hey, it's out. That shit needs to fucking cease. 
a company needs to stop spending all $500 million of their PR budget prior to the full game. If you've got DLC like this, you need to set that money aside so Rick or those people are contacting YouTubers, are E3 in it, and you buy a small section at E3 and say, like, Kingdom Come, Deliverance, Ashes of the blah, 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 because I can't remember the name, and show that shit like it's a mini expansion. Because Shivering Isles was a big fucking deal. I don't know if oh, anybody God, yeah. remembers that. That shit was like, that was almost another game. It, like, it was PR'd like another game. I think if you're going to support a single-player game like that, you really need to PR it. Like, everything is changing the world. You know? Yeah. Like, it's that big of an impact. I would love to see that. Indeed. Two more questions from patrons. We got Bearded Panda with a pretty unique one. I actually did not know about this. With the Halo series finally getting its TV show in production, what are your hopes for the story in it, and are y'all even interested in it? Also, if Spielberg does a good job with this TV show, what gaming series would you like to see an adapted to or would you like to see adapted to TV or movies successfully? So let's start off with the fact that it has never gone well. <laughs> so my hopes are not high. I do like Halo a lot. Uh, I fondly remember my childhood was loaded with Combat Evolved. I know everyone goes Halo Two, and I played a fuck ton of three, but uh, Halo, Halo One. One and Halo One was the shit for me. Halo One is my favorite in that series, just purely for nostalgia. I remember like there was snow one day. We got a two-hour delay, so my brother and a couple of his friends, you know, they came over before school. We played like Halo multiplayer in the morning. It was it was awesome, man. Like I just have amazing memories of that game so yeah. i love the series as a game i know it's definitely gone hill, downhill a little bit in the terms of story since uh 343 took it on so my hope with this is um in the terms of lore i am not very well versed with it because i have not interacted with a halo universe since halo wars 2 but i will say that i thought halo wars 2 story was good and had excellent setup for halo 6 because 5 had set up and then Wars 2 was actually a complete story, and so I think that with what they introduced there, I don't want to spoil what in case people haven't played it, because I imagine when uh, Halo Infinite, I'm sorry, I called it 6, when that comes around, um, that people are going to want to get a little bit of a, a brush up on lore and touch up on the story, and that's where I think Halo Wars 2 will, will find a, another audience again. So, for me, yeah, I'm just hoping that the for this show, that if it's going to involve itself in what's currently happening with the Halo Lord, which is very up in the air right now, it can go a million and, one's way, million and one ways, it can be scratched, that it just, it is a story that maybe stands on its own. It doesn't have to be exactly about the Master Chief. But that's just me. You know, I didn't even know this was happening, but when I saw it, I was like, alright, a Halo show? This could work. Um, but on the other hand, I, I don't have high hopes because it's a gaming show. I haven't seen it go well once before. What was that game? This is so off track. What was that game that had a show, an episode of a show every week Quantum and it tied Break. to the game? No, it tied to the game, not Quantum Break. There was like a, um, oh my gosh. That was there, tied to the show, you mean adjusted stuff or something? Yes, like things happened in the show and it affected the game. Oh, I don't, oh, I don't know. I don't know. You answer that part of the question. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can find it. Yeah, so I'll piss everybody off. I, I, I Halo, <laughs> Halo is one of my favorite shooters of all time. I think that the Halo universe is one of the most boring, okay. cliched, shit-ass universes in my life. I love the enemies. I think the Covenant are fun. They're a blast to fight. They're funny. I've read every book 
I've studied the fucking Halo universe, and I've never really liked it that much. Mm. It, I don't care about a show whatsoever. If it's John, I really don't care, because I think John is nothing more than a crux for us as a player, not mm-hmm. necessarily John, right? Like, John doesn't have the most in-depth uh, background or emotions. I just don't care. And so, to me, a show on it could be great because I don't care, and it could make me care, which would be a blast. Um, but I, I, that'll be one of those shows that when it comes up, dude, I'll just be like, "Oh, Halo's on," and I'll watch it randomly. There won't be—I don't think I'll be, you know, ramping up in excitement for it. Um, I just don't see the reason for everything to have a show based on it. To be brutally honest, I agree, and especially Halo of all things, like fucking Gears of War sitcom. Like, what are they? What are they going to work on next? Like, it just doesn't. Uh, yeah. Some of that stuff I don't think needs to needs to be done. I'm trying so hard to find this man. You're sure it's not Quantum Break? Yes, Quantum Break, a hundred percent sure. It's it, it was like Older. a TV show that was on like national television. I think it was like an MMO or something that it connected. Oh shit. To. Defiant. No, Defiance was that. It had its own TV show for six years. I think it was. Defiance. Defiance. Yeah, Defiance did actually have stuff in the game and the show overlap. Okay, gotcha. Yep, science fiction themed, persistent world, massively multiplayer online third person. I enjoyed that MMO too. I actually had a really good time in Defiance. Ty is a sci fi show of the same name, Defiance. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yep, this is it. Holy crap. All right. That's the first. Like, we actually. We're like, Wait, we forgot something the and then found it during the show within like a five minute span. I like how you knew it right away too. You're like, oh, it's Defiance. Well, it's just because a lot of people hated that, and I actually really liked the show and the game. I really? Yeah, Cadiz and I played the fuck out of that. Um, it was just a shooter MMO, right? It was like mm. a division prior to, you know, prior to all yeah, the complexity yeah. that we see now. Last question comes from Kopi, and it's a current gaming issue. Do you think Sony's neglecting nature towards cross-platform play will catch up to them, or will they be fine without it? When's the next generation? When the next generation arrives, will Sony's performance be impacted by their seemingly anti-consumer methods? Xbox seems to be going down a pro-consumer path, and I'm wondering if it will be detriment to PlayStation at all. Obviously, there are hardcore fans. But with all those fence sitters, will things like this be enough for them to waive the decision? No. Yes, I agree. No. It's Sony. People care Sony about could, games. Sony could take a shit on your lawn and then feed it to your mom and you'd still buy their game. Not to be rude, but the amount of fandom around Sony is unbelievable and I don't see Sony as losing any of that. Nintendo's been anti-consumer for years. Mm. Um, it's just, it's life, right? Like, that's, it sucks. And he said ignoring hardcore gamers, sort of. Like, if we're talking about the normal gamer, no, it won't matter. Also, let's be honest. How like We talk about a couple of the big games that are not cross-platform, for sure. Fortnite, two of the biggest games, but not all the games. Mm-hmm. And um, not every game is, is multiplayer, that kind of stuff. So I don't. it's not like the DRM situation with Xbox, where that was going to affect every single game and every single person who bought one. This is more like it's going to affect those people who wanted to play crossplay. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like I was saying, I I think people just care about gaming. Is crossplay yeah. like this big deal? I think it's been um, it's been amplified because of the whole thing with Fortnite. Yeah, but in the scheme of things, no. I, it's egg on the face, is what I say. It's egg on the face. It does bring about concern that if they keep acting like the big dick in town, when will it burn them? Um, this is like an endless cycle. It always happens. The company that's on top says, you two play Every alone. 
to everyone else. They get fucked eventually in the next console cycle. Then one big dog happens to be up top. Yep. And then the other two start talking. It is this endless cycle where maybe next generation Xbox gets their shit together exclusive wise. They keep on this pro consumer path. They gain a lot of, uh, a lot of fans and people are playing Xbox and PlayStation. Yeah. We're still making our good games, but they're not fixing PS now. They are missing backwards compatibility. And this is all hypothetically speaking. And then you tie in the crossplay, And then, yes, like, that egg on the face does hurt. But does yeah. it affect anything now? I don't think so. And I, if I'm Sony, I'm really not concerned. Because I think crossplay is just, like, the, the new thing. I think it's important. I should specify that first. Um, and I get why. I talked about it in my video with Fallout 76. Like, it would be nice if, like, I had a cousin who had, like, the Switch. But I had, yeah, right. you know, I had my PS4 that we could play together. Um, it, you know, I don't see how Sony is losing money because, in fact, when they lock down this crossplay and say, like, no, you got to play here, people go to other consoles. So for yeah. me, it's just it, it's them being stupid. Um, but I also feel like it's just a new thing to be pissed off about um, as far as I'm concerned. But, yeah, that's that's just my thoughts on crossplay. I, I think that Sony's fine. I think we're entering a part in gaming where the three big dogs are just going to be the three big dogs and everyone yeah. will pick based off what they prefer. Like, ah, you know what? I work this job, I get this amount of money, and I think deviating my funds towards Xbox's gaming consumer path makes sense because I can get X amount of games through Game Pass, I can get their first-party games through Game Pass, and that's only 10 bucks a month, and then I can buy whatever I want at GameStop. So it makes sense for me to get an Xbox. Well, someone else could say, I don't game that much, but when I do, it always seems that I'm looking forward to a Sony exclusive. So I'm going to go here, and there are going to be those people who go, I travel an hour each day to work on the train, and I love... Zelda since I was a kid, so I'm gonna get my Switch. Like, it doesn't have to be like, who's the shitty one? Who's the best one? It's just like they are tailoring to their yeah. cultivated communities. Because yeah. I have a question. That's for what you. these companies always do. And fire away. Um, do you think that Google, the rumors about Google um, looking at doing a oh. hardware? Do you do you think that the chance since they're so big? Do you think that they even have a chance of breaking the top three? Or do you think that mm. most of the big companies that jump in are just always going to be fourth place? You know, I guess it's a matter of they seem to be heading, focusing on where the industry is heading with, like, streaming. Um, yeah. You know, when you see, like, the, the Steam box, you see the Ouya, you, mm-hmm. know, you, you always imagine, like, it's going to fail. I just feel like if anyone could do it right, and when I say right, I mean has enough money to throw at it that they can make it right, right it might be Google. They could just right. throw boatloads of cash into R and D and get this Google box. This I think it's called the Yeti. Get get that right. Um, but you were talking last week and you shined a, a pretty big light on like it's millions to buy studios and and to make games yeah. on top of that. Like it's a lot of money that they'd be throwing into something that could just blow up in their face. And that's why these new consoles play it safe off the bat. So. I feel like Google could break it up if they really went for it, but they'd have to get the good third-party support. They'd have to be like one of the uh, Microsoft and um, and PlayStation. Not Nintendo is actually allowed to play kind of behind the pack and get a Wolfenstein out within yeah. seven months after launch because they have the portability factor. No other company is popular enough to be afforded that luxury. So if you're hopping in, you got to hop in and have games day and date. Yeah. And uh, you got to have that special bonus to your system that tailors to that audience who's looking for that. Um, but I think also the streaming thing is that 
the internet's still progressing in ways. Uh, not every area has this great high-speed internet, and that's why people are skipping out on Fallout 76. That's why people don't care, because yeah. their internet just can't handle that. And that's totally understandable. Um, so I just feel like their idea is ambitious, um, and I think that they have to wait to a right time to unveil it, or else it'll probably crash and burn. Yeah, and it's not a. It's weird because, like, at least where I am, I don't, I don't know if it's the same way with you, but we get electricity. I plug something in, fucking thing works. That's a service. But mm-hmm. the internet's not the same. The internet's tiered. Imagine if I plugged in two toasters and it was like, fuck you, only one toaster is going to work. Mm-hmm. But that's the way the internet works. It's yep. like you're going to have a certain amount of bandwidth and it, we may cap it, right? Or you have a certain amount of bandwidth. What if something goes down? And I'm going to be honest, the internet goes down at least where I am far more than fucking electricity grid. Same. So to me... I think hinging is really dangerous on the side of those companies. At the same time, it could be the future where they're like, here, 49 bucks, it's a dongle. You just plug it into your back of your TV, HDMI, and it, it runs, it streams games. Mm. We know that we know the technology's there. It's just that the technology isn't that robust right now. Yeah. Like, would you want to play, if I said, hey, let's play competitive uh, Overwatch, would you want to play on a fucking wireless streaming device versus no. somebody who's like got a PC dude, and shit? Dude, I always make sure my Ethernet's connected to my PS4 oh, when me I play. Too. Like, I, yeah. I, if I play between wired and wireless, I'm always playing wired because I know my yeah. wireless can sometimes shit out. When I got a direct connection, though, it, it's I stand a better chance. Yeah, right. I, yeah. you know, I play Smite at least minimum on a weekly basis. Most nights, though, and when I played on wireless, huge fucking difference from when I play on wired huge difference so yeah we've got a lot yeah. of time to go i think until that happens so, yeah, hey you know the game that way. saddens me is the game that you liked i interviewed i it's so crazy it's come and gone Gal- uh not galactic what's the it's not paladines the other one the gigantic remember that oh, oh man isn't it crazy to realize that like i probably knew you i think when i went to look at it and then it was like a year or two yeah, and then it came out it's just it's weird to realize it's come and gone like that these and that was i don't know it's Dude, just it just yeah. dawned on me when it was- I, no i know you're right it's crazy <laughs> uh, gigantic was awesome i'm I'm so sad that game's dead yeah i mean just gone like yeah. it's it comes and goes that's another thing physical property right mm-hmm. i think a lot of people want a disc yeah absolutely and that's a pretty big deal there's a reason why limited run is making limited runs of digital games because mm-hmm. people want the physical product that they don't want to worry every about. Time. It's every fucking time. It's every fucking time. It sells out before I can fucking click anything half yeah. the time. And I talked to you so, guys about it before. I've sat in on, like, a, I put this in quotes, a business meeting between limited run oh, and right. developer with Oddworld. <laughs> They're just like, yeah, you know, new and tasty did well. He's like, you want to do Stranger's Wrath? Sure. All right, cool. You know, I'll contact you later. <laughs> leaves that's I'm awesome like, i'm just like just like fuck for the moment i you know what i wish you and i had thought about making that company right, right? that's what that's it's that million dollar idea you're like wow i wish i thought of that oh dude it's it, it if you look at where industry's going if you're smart and you look behind where it's left there's mm-hmm. gaps and yeah. it's like those are the gaps that as a company you look to fill because there's always somebody who can't make the step everybody else is making absolutely it's why it's why GameStop exists mm-hmm Last topic is one that we haven't done in a while, and we want to let you guys know what we are playing. Just talking about games and kicking back. So, what are you playing, Carrick? Um, Earthfall. Have you ever played um, uh, yes, Left 4 I, Dead? I played that at uh, PAX oh, okay. a couple of years ago. 
yeah, so it's finally coming out of early access soon. And oh. uh, pa- patrons and I jumped in, and I got to say, like, as a fan of, of Vermintide, did you do Vermintide 2? No, no, I never okay. got to that one. Did you do Vermintide 1? Yes, plenty. All right. So it's like that, you know, but it's this one's a shooter with aliens, that kind of thing. I'm just having an absolute blast, man. We're just sitting back playing it. I'm right now, as you know, the dry time. There's mm-hmm. no ton of games out. You've got Octopath. I've got one or two small games. But it's like it's been fun to just jump in with patrons and play that. Yeah. I've been playing it religiously. That's, yeah. that's it. Yeah, for me, it's been, uh, you know, I, I used to be one of those people who spent a ton at the Steam sale and would get, like, a bunch of games. So this is, like, when I first got my PC. It, it happens every time. You get your new PC, first Steam sale rolls around. I'm going to buy yeah. this, I'm going to play this, I'm going to play this. And you buy, like, ten games, you play two. Um, over the years, <clears throat> I've stopped that because it's just a waste of money. And I usually buy, like, one game from Steam sale. Like, I bought, I think I bought, yeah, last year I bought only Hollow Knight. And this year, mm. I bought only um, Star Wars Empire of War, Empire at War. So I'm playing that right now, and uh, this is one I never got around to. I was talking about the Golden Age of Star Wars and how this was one that added to was added to the list. Now um, I had never had a chance to play this. Um, I had been told uh, about it by a couple of viewers because I love Battlefront and I love Kotor, and they were just like, "Dude, like this game has Galactic Conquest and it's got yeah. 80 planets and you can just fight on them." And I'm like, eh, "RTS, like, is that for me? Is that Star Wars to me? Do I just like the interactivity of Star Wars, or do I like being there, holding the lightsaber, or talking to the people, or shooting them?" It finds out. I find out it's just the interactivity of the universe, like you know, building all the Y wings or the Tie fighters, and that just that what's in this game in the, the battlefields. It's it's kind of like a dream come true, especially with the mod support. It, it's like a, a, a perfect mixture. So I've been playing that a lot, and I have been entirely hooked. Uh, did you? Is that got a sequel or an expansion? Doesn't it have a yeah? It Yevin? has uh, yeah, forces Yevin. of corruption. It's called, and that's forces. Where, thank you. That's thank what I've you. noticed is a lot of mods have been built off of that. So I'm right. just playing the base game right now. I don't know anything okay. about forces of corruption. I don't know if that's like a, a single player DLC or something along those lines, but. Yeah, Forces of Corruption, that is the one I am playing. Or no, I'm not playing that, I'm sorry. I'm playing just the base game. Um, but you can, for example, download a mod that's called like the Republic Conversion Mod, and it turns everything from Forces of Corruption into um, like the droids and the... the mm, um, droid fa- the droid army? Yeah, the droid army and the Republic. So I've just been having a blast with that. Um, it's like the perfect game to, whether you got 10 minutes or 10 hours, you just sit down, chip away at it, have a good time. How does it run on the computer? Fine, I'm sure. Perfect, yeah. Can you crank it? Like, with your powers? Like, Yeah, you, I mean, it's you... an old game, so there's like... Yeah. I'm just running it at max settings naturally. I found it on my laptop first. Like, I was playing it on that, which is what we recorded mm. the podcast on. So it's like, it's perfect. You know, there's, there's no hiccups whatsoever. And one thing that always sucks about gaming on a laptop is that, you know, because it's working so much power... You know, it starts to heat up a lot, and you yeah. hear like the the fans blowing extremely hard. And I've had some overheating issues with my laptop, and I've never encountered that with Empire at War because it's it's such an old game. You know, it's 2018, and I have a, a laptop that I bought in 2015, um, an Origin one for those curious. And so it's a good gaming laptop. It doesn't really run this thing terribly hard, so I can just like chill on this chair with it on my lap and go to town. What do you like about the game? Just like, is it just the different ship types? Or, oh, man. or is it the Galactic Conquest stuff with the planet? I think it's just the scale. It's the scale, yeah. it's the scope, it's like the... I, I always love in games like The Sims, or actually, does The Sims do this? I don't know, you're, you're going to have to correct me, but 
more like Tropico, where like you build oh, a business and, 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 and is you, good. yeah, you build a business and you make money from it. And like in Star yeah. Wars, like on certain planets, you put down facilities that generate credits. You spend those credits on hiring. Um, you know, you can hire like bounty hunters. You can hire <clears throat> certain types of troopers, whether they have missiles, which are good for vehicles, or just your standard like rebel soldiers with the with the rifles. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was just that scope and scale, and like when you go on a galactic conquest, it's not like the original Battlefronts where you go along ten planets or whatever, which was fine. You go across eighty, and it's like a galactic conquest. You are actually out there taking over every fucking thing in sight, or saving it if you're the rebels. And I just I really appreciate that because it, it felt meaningful. It felt. Like, this is what Galactic Conquest really is, where, you know, Battlefront serves its purpose, and it's it's the original Battlefront, or it's the original Galactic Conquest in my heart, but this is really what I, I thought of when I thought Galactic Conquest, like, all these planets, all these people that, you know, you can interact with, it's it's great, I love it. How much was it? Do you remember how much Eight that was? Eight buckaroos. <laughs> what a scale. <laughs> Dude, isn't that funny? Because you it. probably put, you know, a, a, whatever amount of hours, mm. and you can get a 60 game that's less. Yeah, you know, exactly. and maybe not near as enjoyable. Yeah, it's, it's it's sort of crazy. Yeah, because I was Steam gonna, sales are the shit, dude. Because I, I was gonna get Final Fantasy 15 on my PC because I'd seen mm-hmm. the mods, I saw all the DLC it came with. Yeah, and I was just like, for 25 bucks, I mean, that was a, a tremendous deal. But I held back because I was like, you know, this is a JRPG. I platinum the game. I'm like, you know what? Let's just you platinum Final Fantasy 15. Sure did. Yeah, I know, right? What? Do you remember platinuming? Like, is there any particular trophy that was incredibly, or not trophy, but achievement or whatever that was incredibly difficult inside there? Like, was there anything uh, crazy? The, like killing the adamant toys, I think it's called. Mm. Yeah, it's just this. Oh god, it was so ridiculous. It's just this big mountain that turns into a creature, and I just remember like literally holding the circle button and dodging and like timing my heels and everything for like a half hour straight. Which doesn't oh, sound wow. like much, like only a half hour, Maddie, but think of like you are engaged and you just see this big health bar that's just going down like a millimeter every minute. You're just, like, Making you wonder if it's even going down at yeah, all at first. Exactly. You're like, um... You're like, am I <laughs> fucking hitting this thing? Yeah, so that that was definitely like the one that gave me a, a pretty good run for my money. Yeah, and there's no the reason to buy it again. You know, if, if I mean, you got to find, you got to check out an older game. People have been telling you about. It's always cool to see Steam pop up and or any sale, uh, you know, and get to get to play those older games that just passed you by. They're always yeah. gonna. It's a I good mean, time to do it. I talked about Hollow Knight. That's not one that's old, but you know, I I like never. I'd heard good things. I never had miss. a chance to try it. Easy to miss. Yeah. And I saw it for like four bucks. And I saw. I thought, all right, fuck it, let's do this. It's out on Switch now. For those who are curious about that game, by the way. But uh, Earthfall, so you, is this kind of filling the Left 4 Dead void that's been there? Yeah, yeah, and uh, one of the reasons why I like it is because the spawns are pretty random, mm. so it doesn't, you can go in and, and every level has a ton of jobs you need to do. So it's like, you need to gas up the vehicle, or you need to replace the tires on the vehicle, then put the battery in a vehicle, and the battery will be in a storage unit, you know, and so you have to, you're traveling across the level the entire time, and um. I like the jobs. I'm a big fan. I don't want to just run around and kill mm-hmm. stuff. At some point, I start getting, even with Vermintide, you start getting a little like, it's numb. You're all, all right, it's just go forward. Yeah. But with with Earthfall, every single place you go has all these different things you need to do, and you need to work as a group. And 
I've just been having a blast, and it's it's one of those games where the creatures look just creepy enough that I want to kill them, but not too creepy that I don't want to play. Because yeah. I'm not a big fan of like whenever anything's got like circular mouths or 18 tentacles for a face. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty yeah. pretty fucking creepy looking. In this one, they're close to being too creepy. There's we call it the sex giraffe. I don't know what its name <laughs> is in the game. No lie, Maddie, it looks like a reptilian giraffe that grabs you by your face and lifts you off the ground and then runs as fast as possible away from oh your group. And it basically face humps you until somebody saves you. That's and funny. so, it, oh, dude, it's creepy, though. It's like shaking your body, and, and then you can hear them muffled. Sounds horrifying. Like, burr, burr. Oh, dude, it's wrong. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty grotesque. But, um, yeah, it's a blast, man. It's, uh, I'm a big fan of good AI, too. Mm-hmm. And I would say, at least what I'm seeing, it's some of the best AI ever when it comes to having somebody help you. They shoot well, and they save you all the time. Like, the number of times I've been saved is quite high. And they're also not the AI where you're like, where's fucking Joe Bob? And he's dead every time. Like, yeah. every game I've played, I'm like, oh, the fucking AI died. So it's fun and alone, but also with friends. Which is yeah, strange. and we do three people with one AI because we didn't have four people who owned it. And I honestly think we'll continue to do that because it adds a little bit of, like, randomness because they're not able to tell you what they're going to do. You have to sort mm-hmm. of keep an eye on them. It's been it's been really fun. There's there's some issues. Bad sound on the weapons is one of them. Ah, dude, that's I need a worst. weapon. That's a pet peeve I, of mine. Dude, when you fire a shotgun, I want it to sound like fucking hell incarnate. I want to yeah, fire yeah. it and Bo- people... Boom. Yeah, people around you are like, something happened. But yeah. in this one, no lie. It sounds like you grabbed rice and yelled, boom, and threw the right. I'm not lying. It's that bad. It's like, <laughs> it's like, and when you're firing it, you're like, what the fuck? The MP5 uh. is like, pep, 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 pep. AK-47 sounds good, but it's they really need to fix their audio. Uh, they okay. need to go in there and have somebody flesh that out. But overall, it's cheap. It's coming out for Xbox, PS4, and PC next Next week, I think. Wow, really? Yeah, and Vermintide 2. I don't know if you saw that Game Pass. One of the first yes. third-party games on Game Pass is I coming see out. That. So. That's awesome, yeah. man. Yeah. The other game I've been playing is Ace Attorney. Uh, my girlfriend got it for me. And What uh, system? Just the uh, DS. Oh, gotcha. And uh, it's I've never played it because she heard me like talk about Danganronpa, and I was like, I fucking love this series so much. She's like, you know, I, and she's like, what is it? And I described it to her, and she's like, it sounds a lot like Ace Attorney. Like I used to love that when I was a kid. I was like, oh, I never played it. So, like, it was my birthday you know, a couple weeks ago. And, like, she was like, I just got you a little something. And like, I talked about the main gift she got me, which is the, the musical fucking blew me away. That shit was awesome. Yeah. But, um, you know, she's like, I got you a little something, too. I'm like, Jesus, like, you're going way too hard right now. And and, and she gave me Ace Attorney. So that was uh, that's been a, a pretty good game so far. I'm on I'm almost done with case three right now. Um, it was a lot more gritty than I expected. I, I thought it would be more of a lighthearted journey which right. is why i never got into it because dang and rompo's like dark it's mm-hmm. fucking black-hearted it's awful it's sad and i love it because of that um whereas uh ace attorney i looked at it from the outside and i was like mm, you know this doesn't look i thought it was cartoony to be honest yeah like, and I it is it... cartoony it is quirky and and dang and rompo still does hold that dark spot but um this one is is really good too it's oh. it's a lot of fun i've enjoyed it a little complicated never... at times but Good. Never, never even played those games. I always see like the goofy GIF where he's like, yeah. you know, objection. guilty yeah. or objection. Thank you. And um, it always intrigues me. I just never. I I had yeah. a 3DS for such a short amount of time, and I just I never got a. Yeah, it's play. not like a game you got to go buy a DS for by any means. But it, it was. It's. I'm glad I'm playing it. I'm I'm happy to add it to my catalog of games I've played. 
Yeah, it's very cool. I need to. I, I, too bad it's not on the Switch because I know I don't right? have a 3DS. I would love to. Yeah, I would love to check it out on the Switch. Does is it real investigation, like or real? Like, how are you? What are you? I always you, thought it was goofy, and so that you weren't like investigating. It is, stuff. It, well, the one I'm playing. And there's been two more on the DS since then that apparently have like carried things a lot more further. Uh, but right now, what it is is like you talk to people and you collect clues by you know. There's like a. a, a Obviously, it's on the DS. So you got the screen on the bottom that'll say like "examine," "move," "talk," or "present." I think. Oh. And um, you can like examine the environment. You can find clues that way. You can move and move. Basically, brings up like a map, and you can just select where you want to go. Look for clues in different spots. Um, Most of the clues come just from dialogue, just conversing with people or uh, using your head. Like you know, in in this one case, this person's like a huge fan of this uh, this superhero. And there's a collectible card game, so I found a card. I go to this kid, I present it to him, and he gave me a valuable piece of evidence in return. So I didn't know the game was anything like that, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, there's an interesting level of interactivity there that, um, especially for its time, I imagine was really cool. Like It's a lot huh. like almost how we were talking about Shenmue, like how I think fans will feel about that game when I really put right. it, when I, when I think about it. Because it's like, okay, you know, this is what I expect in games nowadays, and this old game has it. So I'm like, all right, this is cool. Um, I like it. Good game. I was going to ask you, have you yet played Awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit? Yes, sir. Did you beat it? Yes, sir. Did we talk about this and I had a stroke and I Indeed, can't remember? Indeed, sir. <laughs> and you liked it? I did. Why the fuck can I not remember any of this conversation? Okay, uh, it was it is... was like briefly in passing. You were you were talking about gotcha. Life is Strange and you were like, oh, did you play Captain Spirit? I was like, yeah, I did. And you, you went okay, on to something cool. else. Cool. That, well, I I'm, that I'm glad you did. Yeah, so did I. And if they they say that uh, you know that Pete, what's his or Johnny Pete? Can't remember his name, but the kid won't yeah. be in or isn't the main character of Life is Strange too. And I hope they're lying because I fucking same dug the shit out of that kid, man. Same dude. I like when he fights the water heater, and I was like, as a little kid, I remember mm-hmm. doing those things. And he's like fighting, and I was just like, oh God, I Do you want think to they're live going this. for. Maybe a duality approach, like you're talking about Batman, but almost with two characters here, where you have like Max and you have uh, the little kid they, whose name also escapes me now. They might be. So my question to you: You beat it. The end. Something happens, mm-hmm. and somebody is watching you. And the di- I think I I do remember this, but the Discord person I was talking to said I think that other character is the main character, and they like transmitted the power to you. And I was like, that's not what I took from it. But then I played it again. And I saw the ending again. I'm like, God damn, they might be because it's a very odd timing at the ending. There's a very odd moment where like you fall, something happens and then it pans over and you get up and a kid is waving. Yeah. And you're like, what? And the dad is looking at you weird. He's like, he's not like there's just something about that. And it's the only time you see anybody else other than the old nosy fucker. Oh, were you the one who was telling me you thought something weird was going on because the chick on the phone, somebody not me. Okay, no. you weren't. The white-haired chick who comes over and tries to find out if you're being abused, mm-hmm. you you can call their house, and if you do, a crazy thing happens. If you call their house, all you hear is like the sa- slight sounds of a struggle and heavy breathing. It's creepy. Wow. And I heard it and then ignored it and then played the game and then played the game again, and then one of my friends on Discord was like, blah, 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 and all of a sudden, oh, it's Crazy Herb. He's in your Discord as yes. well. Crazy's like, hey, Carrick, like, if you listen to this again, something weird's going on with that old lady. And I was like, what? And I went and listened. He's right. 
like so there's a there's mysteries on top of mysteries in that i fucking god i can't wait till like i i'm too. very excited for it as <laughs> so, well that, that's what i should just say wrap yeah. it up yeah yeah Absolutely. i'm so stoked well, that's all we got for this week we hope you enjoyed your listening experience with the ham radio podcast carrick thank you so much once again for yeah, joining the show Best, best way to begin a Friday. Yes, sir. And uh, the hashtag will be, I think it just should be Life is Strange 2. Life is Strange 2 is good for me. All right. If you got this deep, tweet at the handles on screen at G27status and at Jeremy Penter. Hashtag Life is Strange 2. Let us know you listen to the full thing. And we will catch you guys next week. Peace out.